All right, guys, the word of the day is, this, this should be a good one, social distancing. This is one of those words that's been pretty popular recently with the whole COVID-19 yeah. situation. When I visit my sister or visit my parents, whether I'm dropping something off for them or buying something, buying some groceries for them, then I just say hi through the window, keep my six feet distance like hi so don't lose that social touch you don't need to physically touch that person a loved one but make sure you have some sort of social connection a lot of people get nervous and get freaked out but it's also a good chance to kind of like reevaluate your life and what's important so spend some time with your loved ones at home this doesn't mean to go out and party make sure you're being thoughtful of not just for your family but you know, the people in our community. With all this uncertainty, all this negativity, we wanted to focus more on positivity. We are starting a GoFundMe supporting the Share Our Strength No Kid Hungry campaign. So if you guys want to help us, it would mean a lot to us. We have a link for the GoFundMe. Please donate what you can. And Annie designed new six feet away merch. Starting today to the end of April, April 30th, 100% of the profit is going to be going towards Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign. Thank you guys very much for your support and uh, stay safe, but also don't forget to stay ridiculous. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Help us feed hungry kids. Ready? Okay. We started recording. All right, guys. We're live in three two one action it's the redonkulous podcast starring annie and jeff and my coolest guy in the world whose name is james it's redonkulous what's up guys welcome to the redonkulous podcast where when life gets tough we get redonkulous this is season two episode 14 and we have an amazing episode we have a very very special episode for you guys today. Before we get started, let's plug our socials. We are on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Fun fact, this is gonna be our third guest from um, Poland. Her name is Shami. She's been working in the medical field for four years now. One of the chairs for professionalism <laughs> and ethics for AMSA, which is the American Medical Student Association. Guys, please help me welcome Shami. So happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And we were just talking very briefly about the hour difference. Isn't there like daylight savings that messes us up though? So maybe depending on when you've interviewed us, that's probably what happened. I feel like. Yeah. Like a five hour difference became like a six hour difference. And I get an yep. email and you're like, wait, it's 6 PM already. Where's my invite? Right? <laughs> Where are these guys? And I got really spoiled in Arizona because we didn't actually change anything. So I never had to reset like my oven and my microwave and all that fun stuff. Cause we didn't oh. have in Arizona, so this is new for me too. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Fun facts. Or is that my lie from the two truths and a lie? Uh-oh. <laughs> We're getting started. We're it. getting started early. <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and also why you decided to go to uh, medical school um, in Poland and what were you doing before you went to medical school? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let me see if I can give you the best spark notes on my life. Um, I am <laughs> very weird. Uh, I hopefully we figured that out by now, but I am a Syrian, Polish, and Croatian are the three major um, back pieces of my ethnicity that were 
familiar with. So I spoke Assyrian first, English second, and then I pretty much had nothing to do with my Polish culture. Born in Chicago, raised in Arizona. Actually, you went to Tempe and I went to school at Arizona State University there for a couple of years. Ended up graduating from U of A, Bear Down, Wildcats, hey, uh, with a degree in physiology. I know you mentioned that. And then um, I have worked in a plethora of different fields since graduating and throughout school because I was always scared of debt. I don't even know. God's got a mysterious way of working things out for all of our goods, I guess. And that's great. Happy Easter, everybody. But um, somehow I got connected to somebody in healthcare and they brought me in working in physician recruitment. And so um, I spent a total of about four years at Dignity Health. And in the time there, I did just about anything you can get your hands on. And every single day I was reminded that like, this is the noblest thing I think I could have done with my life. Why didn't I do this? I want to do this. And when you're around, around amazing physicians like that, it's hard to shake. One day I woke up and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be happy until I feel like I'm doing everything I can. And for me, that was to be a physician. So um, I signed up for an MCAT prep course and I took the MCAT like a month and a half later, which was a terrible idea, by the way. <laughs> Not wait 10 years. In the period of time that I was prepping my application, I sat and met with one of our physicians. Um, his name is actually Dr. Michael Hibner. He won't care that I'm saying his name. He's awesome. I actually have an interview with him later this week just to discuss some of his journey in medicine. But he studied in Warsaw and he's a medical director for public pain and surgery at our, our, our old organization, Dignity Health. And so we talked a little bit and I said, what should I do as a non-traditional student? Do you have any like advice for me? And he said, you should really look into some of the reputable programs that are international. They're more open to non-traditional students like you who are coming from a career rather than like a 4.0 student coming right out of school. And so um, he gave me the name of Pooms, which is Poznan University of Medical Sciences, which is the school I'm at now. And then out of nowhere, my dad turns to me while I'm working on something when I was visiting them. And he's like, why don't you go to school in Poland? And I was like, hold up, excuse me, what? Wow. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, the conversation was like, hey, it's part of your heritage. It's probably a little bit cheaper. Your mother and I have always wanted to visit. So it gives us a reason to. And I just looked at him and I was like, you have no idea what the significance of this is. I applied and not even like two days later, I got a message from them saying, hurry up, finish your application. We want to interview you. And I was like, wow. From going from- Meant to be- yeah. And sorry, but the U.S., like you apply in May, you don't get an interview until like January, and then you don't get your acceptance until April for the following year in August. So to have somebody reach out and be like, no, we want you. We want to give you a shot now was awesome. And so between uh, the price is a lot lower for tuition, the experience is just unparalleled. I've already found out so much culturally that like makes me less ethnocentric for sure. That'll make me, I think, hopefully a better physician. Um, and they gave me a shot. They accepted me in July. Like I had my interview then. And then I came out to school in August. I had six weeks. So um, yeah, it was hard to say no and wait another year to see if someone else would bet on me. So from the time that you took the MCATs for the first time or the second time, that was pretty much a six to eight month window. And then six to eight months later, you're, you're in uh, Poland. Yep, exactly. So um from the very first time, it technically what happened is like, if, so I applied in 2018. So if I would have been accepted that first year, I would be starting exactly when I started. So Poland and coming here to Pooms gave me the opportunity to essentially be accepted my first year, my first attempt. I went through some of your uh, YouTube videos and in one of the videos you talked about fear. Yeah. How did you have that courage? How did you just decide to uproot and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and you know, not, not look back? Yeah. Um, okay. Hopefully this doesn't offend anybody. I like to think that I'm not an offensive person, um, but a huge part of my identity and how I've been raised um, is 
that I have a strong relationship with God. And uh, I say it that way because I don't like to say like, oh, I'm religious and I, I don't like to be judgmental or hateful or whatever crazy bad stuff that I think some people associate with religion. But um, a huge part of my identity is formed in my relationship with God and trust in him. And so for me, I think I've been really, really blessed, right? I've been born healthy with a functioning mind, functioning body. Everything I've ever needed has been provided to me in the form of an opportunity, if not just given to me, right? Like, I'm not saying like life has been easy. It's not. I worked three jobs since I started college just to make sure that I paid for things and that I didn't go hungry and that I could actually afford to be in school. I get that. But like, it was hard for me to look at this, not see it as an opportunity. I prayed like crazy. And there were some really clear signs to me while I was in New York that just reinforced that this is where I was supposed to be. And so I think the rest of it was just faith that like, hey, it's going to be okay. But, yeah, can um, you can you touch upon your faith? There were so many signs that were given to you. I, I remember um, you were talking about your your interview process, and then while when you were leaving, you meet um, a guy, uh, a Polish guy, and said, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, if you get a chance, you should visit Poland." You know, you call your parents, um, you tell them that you got accepted. They were very very happy, and they were already thinking 10 steps ahead of like how to get you there and, and the planning process. We got to sell your car. You got to quit your job. <laughs> you know, everything just kind of fell, fell into place. So why don't you touch a little bit about, you know, the importance of that faith and, and how it got you through it? Cause it is scary. It really is scary to, to, oh, 100%. to that leap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's even harder. Um, I think what people underestimate with people who are like career changers like us is that again, I 100% and I brag about this way too much, but I loved my job. I still keep in contact with people from Dignity Health. And I ask about candidates that I was interviewing that we were talking to that came on board. I touch base with them on LinkedIn and I'm like, hey, how do you like it? How is everything? I don't need to do that. It's my family, right? But um, I think that it does take a lot of faith and there is a lot of trust involved in it. And it is kind of a process, but it's like every little piece of my journey kind of just kept reassuring me that it was the right move. So for even my father, who by the way, my father is the Assyrian one. My mom's the Polish yeah, one. So I remember that. Not yeah. him. So <laughs> that's my one. Two, then I get accepted right away, right? And I was thinking I was applying for 2020. I didn't know it was 2019. And I was looking at the acceptance letter. I was like, this is in six weeks. <laughs> then I reach out to my, you know, at work, there were four people. I said, if I don't tell them in person and I don't have this discussion with them, I'm not going to release this to anybody else. Like they need to hear it from me. I love this story. So when you went into work and then you wanted to tell them in person yeah. and your team is just full of wonderful people because they truly, you guys, like you said, you guys are, are a family and a lot of them even takes a couple of weeks to book a 15 minute yeah. window with. And 100%. you have a few of these guys just sitting down and, and even praying with you. Yes. That was amazing. I think it was probably the most touching part of my entire, I mean, this entire journey, hands down. And so, yeah, like, especially in a workplace environment, don't get me wrong, Dignity Health is a faith-based organization. So I think of all places, we feel a little bit more free to discuss that, especially when we know somebody is religious. But I literally had, you know, we have our chief medical officer and he knows me on a personal level to some degree. He was my direct supervisor. But we're talking a chief physician executive, a chief medical officer, the CEO of our company, and then my lead over the entire physician recruitment team in California, Nevada, and Arizona, right? These are four, like you said, wow. important people. I got in touch with them and I booked them literally. It was 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes in a two-hour span. The day I got back from that interview, I interviewed Friday. This is Monday morning, which is like the busiest day in a healthcare admin. And I ended up leaving one of those offices after praying and like hugging. and 
right before I left for the day after the final conversation, the first person I spoke to, uh, he was our CEO. He comes back into my office and knocks on the door and he's like, can I just tell you, I looked up your school and I got goosebumps looking at the pictures of the hallways. Like, I can't believe it, but I'm just so excited for you. And I'm like bawling like, this oh, is not okay. <laughs> it, was, it was rough, but it was really, really beautiful. Oh, and this is one other thing that I can never think is like funnier than this. I'm heading back and I opened up my Kindle to read the book I had planned, which was Girl, Wash Your Face. Silly. Still haven't finished it. <laughs> Phone battery's dying because I'm messing with the Kindle. I was like, forget it. I'm just going to read what's on here. But I opened up a random book that I happened to download probably because it was free at some point that I've never read. And by the second or third page, they're talking about somebody from Poland. And I'm like, no. <laughs> wow. Hey, God, I'm listening. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> It's crazy how things lined up for you like that. I mean, it happens like uh, very few times in your life and feel like that's totally meant to be. 100%. Up until now, you've had such an incredible journey. This is how we even got in touch because we have a mutual friend. Sam, if you're listening, this is a shout out to you. Hey. And um, she, on, on Instagram, and this is so weird because I'm not big on Instagram. I don't really use it that often. I just happened, I was on Instagram and I clicked on her stories. I think that's how it works. Yeah. And then it was a video <laughs> of um, you teaching people how to work out. And I'm like, what is this? You know, what is this? You know, I thought, I, I really thought you were one of those big fitness YouTubers. And I was just like, wait, what's going on? So I click and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, she, she's also a medical student. And like I said, your journey has been so amazing so far. I reached out to Sam right away and I'm like, hey, please get us in touch. I want to get her on the show, have her tell her story. Think about how many things had to happen for that to happen, right? And like, I think this is just, I, everyone always looks for miracles and they're like, oh, you know, God's real, this, that, or the other. And I'm like, you literally look at our lives. And if you're looking at it with the right perspective, you see miracles in everything. And even though it's a small world, what a coincidence, all of that. And like, how could you not look at that in a positive light? She's in the DDS program. She's going to be a dentist. Like I'm going to be in the MD program. There's no reason for us to have met. And somehow, like at orientation, one person from our class meets one person from their class who happens to introduce us, and now we're here. Like that doesn't, that's not normal, right? Like the, fu the funny thing about Sam is that we both had the same thought when we first met her. She's from Taiwan. Our yeah. first impression of her was, wow, her English is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about um, AMSA? It's the yes. American Medical Student Association. You yes. are the, the chairman for professionalism and ethics. Uh, you guys do a lot of uh, work to prep medical students during the whole process in med school and also post-medical school. Yes, absolutely. I would love to. So AMSA is great. So as you mentioned, it's the American Medical Student Association. And it's, um, it's not necessarily for Americans. That's the first misconception, I think. But it's for anybody who, one, we don't even cater to just this group, but the main demographic that we're going for are people who want to continue with their training or their practice ultimately in America, right? And so um, I think the original purpose of me getting involved was to make sure that I was well-informed on the steps I needed to complete by certain points, whether that's taking standardized exams and making sure that I had electives done and I was meeting requirements in order to transfer and be competitive for a residency in America, because that's my end game, right? At least currently. Mm -hmm. But realistically, we're just there to kind of increase the success of all of the students that are part of Pozen University Medical Science. And so like, 
if it comes to the anatomy and BME? How do we help teach you what worked really well for upper students, right? How do we help you prepare six to eight weeks out instead of you getting there and being like, oh, I wish I would have known this. I wish I would have seen this resource. And then that gets all the way to where uh, my, my current role, so chair of professionalism and ethics, where I've really focused is, um, and I don't think this is necessary, but I have so many connections from everything that I've built back home and I've thrown my heart and soul into this, right? I mentioned they're my family. You're spending 80 to 100 week, or, uh, well, weeks, 80 to 100 hours per week working sometimes with these people, like on really bad weeks. And I wish I was kidding, but like on average, it's a 60 to 70 hour week, right? I met so many physicians, PAs, NPs, CNMs, uh, medical executives, you name it. And so how can I pull knowledge that I've either learned, that I've helped to train other residents for or other students, or that I can access still that I don't know that can help them prepare for what they need, right? Or answer the questions that they're asking. And I, I'm a little bit blessed by having these experiences. So like, I know what medical specialties and subspecialties are there, but there's some students who still don't know what they want to go into and they don't even know what's there. So like, oh, I think I want to go into surgery. And it's like, oh, what kind? And they're like, what do you mean? What kind? And you're like, uh, endocrine surgery, trauma, orthopedics, like, plastics, reconstructive, microsurgery, hand, like, and they're like, what do you mean? Those are different? And you're like, that's the tip of the iceberg. Like, (laughs) so it's just really connecting people with experts that can then share information that's valuable. And later this month, we're doing a CV workshop to help tailor their CVs and get them prepped for um, medical residency interviews. They're going to hear from students. uh, My counterpart on this, Claudia, is actually talking to upperclassmen that just matched or that didn't. And to get both sides of the spectrum of like, here's things to do, here's what not to do, here's what to expect. That's then, what I love. That's what I love so much about what you're doing. Because yeah. even outside of AMSA, you, you realize that you've been doing this this whole time too, from your, your vlogs or your updates. Like, hey, I'm going to Poznan University. Yeah. Uh, this is the update in my first week here. People who are going outside the country to go to med school that don't have that type of experience, you're already providing that prep for them. So even before AMSA, I don't know how long you, you've been involved with them, but yeah. you've already been doing that. You've been doing the same message. I struggle with this too, because my, my YouTube is literally just there to be a resource. And so if I don't feel like I'm providing value, it's really hard for me to put something out there. So I love getting feedback that something's helpful because it'll kind of push me to keep producing things like this. Because at the end of the day, um, there's a there's a phrase and it's it's one of my favorites and it's so simple but it's a candle loses nothing by lighting another flame. I have this information. I want to get it out. What if I die tomorrow and I could have helped you know a hundred students be a better version of themselves by the time they get out? And like last plug on what we're doing with AMSA just because I'm really passionate about this and I want to get it out there. But like being in healthcare administration, right? having my background in business and life in general, but then seeing these physicians come in, candidates, and talking to hundreds or thousands of them you see where there's gaps, like blatant gaps in medical education. They're really good at teaching us about the cardiovascular system. They're really bad at teaching us about how to manage a budget and how to handle physician loans. And you know, what's that gonna look like? We have physicians that finally get out of training. They do four years in school. They do another three for an internal medicine residency. They jump into being a hospitalist because they're like, man, I just wanna make some sort of money. Everybody around me that graduated from high school is so successful and I'm still a student and I'm in debt. But people don't think about this, right? So we're trying to put these ideas in their head before they make commitments that are harder to break. But between the stress and everything else that you have to deal with and losing patients and having that responsibility, the last thing you want to do is worry about money. Apparently, I found out that you are a very big Office fan. (laughs) (laughs) You've actually actually did a Spartan race for Dwight Schrute's Gym for Muscles. (laughs) 
Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how I can join that as well? <laughs> yeah, so it's really easy. You go to Google and you type in Dwight Schrute's Gym for Muscles. You find a cheap screen printed shirt, probably from China. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, so that's why don't we? Um, and then you cut off the sleeves and you tie it up because it doesn't fit anybody, right? Because it's the worst shirt I've ever purchased. And then you sign up to do a Spartan race. And thankfully that one, um, that was I think my third or fourth race that I've done that wow. one. Wow. Um, the one before that I had, uh, actually broken my toe one week before the race. So that was, oh my God. don't recommend it. And then the last one I did a few weeks before I came out here was the coolest. I actually finally completed my first trifecta, meaning I've done a sprint, a super wow. and a beast. And the beast we chose to do in Colorado because they don't offer it in Arizona. There's only specific terrains where they can actually make a beast race, which, so for anyone who doesn't know Spartans, uh, sprint is a 5k and then. Super is like eight and a half miles or something like that. And then the beast is um, 13 miles, 13.5. It's like a half marathon. You're so active. So during this quarantine, how are you keeping busy? Like, is it driving you a little nuts? A little bit, but honestly, uh, I feel really, really blessed. I, I've got a really good support system. So like when I need some sort of human contact, I have people I can rely on calling and talking to um, and doing some like virtual study sessions with. So that's been really good. I've been cooking a lot more. I've been baking a lot more. I have not been studying more, which is not great. Um, but realistically, like, it's kind of, it's growing on me. And so as long as I have a plan before I go to bed, when I wake up the next day, I can usually get in a workout. I can get at least one or two good meals in. Um, I can have some study time carved out and then I can still get some decent sleep. I'm doing nice. old school insanity videos. So high intensity interval training. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Let, so me, wow. let me talk about this. <laughs> Recently, we just had one of our good friends, Jason Harris, on the show. He's a coach, he's a fitness expert, and he's also okay. very, very into like yoga. Since okay. he's been on the show, I started meditating twice daily. And oh, yeah, it's so good. It, it's so good. Can I stress it enough? Since watching your YouTube videos, I started doing Insanity Max 30. So this is, this is day eight or day nine now. And I'm lucky because I get to do it with my sister. But we're just both in the basement and we're just like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> it's crazy. I've done Insanity, the regular program before. Yeah. And Insanity Max 30 is another level because they cram everything in 30 minutes. Oh, tell me that. I'm still struggling with Insanity, man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get easier after a decade. Your most recent video about the quarantine workout, yeah. a lot of them was from Insanity. Absolutely. Yes. I'm waiting to get like a copyright slap of something. Right? <laughs> YouTube already shut down that live stream video because they heard Spotify playing in the background. I was like, Wait, oh wow! Work out in silence, you lunatics! <laughs> After watching your video, I real I had a deeper respect and appreciation for Shanti. Like, yeah. how does he do that workout what? and talk? I just see you throughout the video. Your breathing just gets more and more haggard. <laughs> like, oh, we'll go through everything together. And I was like, I'll just show you how to do this. You can do it after the video. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, and it's so funny because like. Honestly, I, I, the key to those videos, especially when they're that high intensity, is to find someone to do it. So having your sister is great. I try and con people into doing them with me. They all think I'm a lunatic afterwards. But it's so funny because I get a lot of satisfaction from yelling at him. And I'm like, you're an idiot. I hate, I hate you. you. I hate you. Push harder. He's like, oh. And then you're doing your knee highs and you're definitely cheating and you know it. You're like leaning back. He's like, don't lean back. You're like, screw you. I hate you. <laughs> By the third time, you know, your form and, and posture, everything's already messed up. You're just like, all right, let me get through it. 
pretty much. Yeah. Unless you redo, I found uh, the one really exciting part is this power videos. If I do the same workout a couple of days in not in a row, but like if I do once a week and I actually hit it two or three weeks in a row, it's insane how much you can grow from such a silly workout. Like you're jumping and I feel like I'm springing into the air on some of these and I'm like, okay, hit the floor is now actually like my neighbors hate me. I need to calm down. <laughs> Moral of the story and the answer to your question is I, I think that um, as long as you stay connected with at least somebody, but if not some people, right. And I think we're very blessed. A lot of people are struggling with this and I feel really awful. Um, but I, I hate seeing the negative posts and perpetuating that negative negativity of like, I can't wait till we're outside. And you know, this is really stupid. I'm like, first of all, it's a really great opportunity for you to have a little extra time to yourself. And so like, even when I'm not studying, like I'm picking painting back up. Like I just ordered oh, an electric awesome. violin because I want to get back into like an instrument that I haven't touched in a while without making my neighbors hate me more. So little headphones and you plug it into the violin. It's pretty cool. Like cool. 80 bucks. Thank you, Poland, for being cheap. Oh, but wow. like you have this time to read. I'm reading my Bible more. I'm actually listening to it on tape on a podcast. Let's be real. But like, <laughs> I'm getting to delve in spiritually. I'm getting to have some meditation time. I'm still working out. I'm getting to like experiment in the kitchen more. Like this is such a gift to be able to do this. And in a time where we have technology to keep you connected is insane to me. Like there's, it's hard. We're Don't meeting me on a zoom call right now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm hanging out with you. Like this is getting my fix. And then I'm going to get off this call and feel like I just hung out with a bunch of friends. Like we I, imagine doing this during the times of like the black plague, like that I, you can, mm, I don't know. I just, I'm adapting decently well. And I really appreciate it. I think the hardest thing for all of us, especially and I speak for like our class is um, no one was prepared for this. And so like some of the administrative pieces of like, our national exams right now, we have no idea when we're taking that. And so the ones we were already prepared for and like ready for got canceled three days before. And that like, it was the anatomy envy. I've, I've been waiting for this all year. And so like having that push off, we've got microbiology and we have biochemistry and now all three of them are up in the air. We don't know where we're taking them. While we're taking six classes concurrently now and we have two that we're about to be taking like, cause we haven't started patho or pathophysiology. We were supposed to have started them this month. And like, there's just this like, weird uncertainty and limbo from like a productivity perspective that is I think it is really stressful especially for people as like meticulous and like type a as medical students tend to be but the rest of it I mean like realistically we just I think the perspective is everything is remembering that nobody planned this no one's trying to sabotage you we're all in this together but like to stay connected and to use this opportunity for what it is that's it so I've been telling oh, yeah. everyone, at least anyone that would listen, one of my favorite podcasts is The Happiness Lab. That is such a good podcast. They have a lot of experts, a lot of professionals on there, and they talk about the science behind being happy. Think about during the bubonic plague, trying to get on a Zoom call or meeting with someone halfway across yeah. the world. Impossible. Yeah. Especially when everybody's so busy nowadays, like you never get that time to like spend with family do the things that you actually want to do and yeah it's it's kind of nice because everybody i see on instagram everybody's cooking and picking up new hobbies and yeah. it's kind of nice to see so you're kind of getting this wake-up call of what it's like to be at the end of your career at the end of your life and like have these things finally come to a close but like you're getting a taste of this now and i think that that's invaluable hopefully afterwards people don't let go of this feeling and like what they've gained from this experience. You being in the medical field, experiencing this like global pandemic, do you ever get scared or it, it kind of like fuels your passion a little more? 
Um, it makes me angry, if I'm honest. Uh, I, I get irritated that like, I, I'm, how do I phrase this? So I'm very happy and I feel extra validated. Like, yep, I'm in the field I want to be in. And soon, because I like literally couldn't be doing something more right now because I'm on that path, on that trajectory to be able to help the next time this happens. Hopefully it takes that long for this to happen again, please. But like, I'm doing what I can, right? But it makes me so angry because I want to do more and I'm not qualified yet. And so like, um, what's really cool is actually our school just set up something. I just signed up for a couple days and I can't wait. Um, it's the first time I'm actually getting involved in something outside of here. We'll still have masks and follow a bunch of protocols for like social distancing, but we're getting together and we're going to be sewing masks for like Whoa. some of the hospitals in the area to like supply them with different things. Like uh, there's like the aprons for PPE. We're making some of those and we're making masks. There's templates and everything. So like there's wow. ways to and make a difference there which is nice i know in poland i think they have a home quarantine app have you heard about that and I how effective is that um i think it's been pretty effective it's a little bit fear-based mm -hmm. as far as what i know and i might be thinking of the wrong thing because we have a few things going on now on the 16th we're not allowed in public unless you have a mask and gloves on at all um, okay. we've currently been under something where you are six feet apart from one another no matter what um and then there's certain times of the day that there's like reserve shopping times for elderly. So between 10 and 12, I think, or 10 and two, they're the only ones who are allowed to be in stores. Like you're only allowed three people, three times the amount of workers in a location are allowed in the store. So everyone's waiting outside to do their groceries till someone comes out. One person in pharmacy, for right? All that's already happened. What's new is um, they're using that app, from my understanding, to monitor those who've been tested positive to make sure they stay where they're at. So location services are on. They're submitting selfies. I, I don't know if it's every hour or every few hours, some, some increments to prove that they're still at home and that they're quarantined. And then they also have people coming, checking on them like at random. Like They'll have officials check at their door to see if they're there. And between the hours of, I think, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., they're supposed to be locked inside because they come and disinfect the buildings of which they live, like on the outside, hallways, all that. Oh, wow. so what are your personal feelings about that? Do you think it's a little bit intense or is it justified? What do you oh, think? I think it's awesome. Honestly, this is my biggest problem with all of this, right? Uh, oh, and the pro so if they do get caught disobeying, there's huge fines. What they equate to is between like, I think at the high end, it's between like one and $5,000 or something. It gets insane, but I think it's justified. My biggest issue with this, and I know, like you said, you think things are going to go back to normal. I unfortunately, heartbreakingly so agree with you. But like this mentality that we have, I think in the U.S. more than anywhere, is so selfish. Girl. If you're, you don't want to waste your paid time off, so you go into work. And you think anyone who's sick, who's coming in with the sniffles is wearing a mask? Absolutely not. I've seen so many Facebook posts about like, you know, they should keep all the elderly and immunocompromised at home and let us all go back to work. It's like, we're so consumed with ourselves and how things affect us that we don't realize that when you're sick, if you have coronavirus, COVID-19, you should be protecting others from you. This is not protecting yourself from others anymore. What we're trying to do is reduce this transmission so we stop infecting other people. So I think if you have it and you're going out and you're jeopardizing others, shame on you. We have it set up where there's volunteers who can bring you food. We have it set up so that there's people who can take care of your pets. Like whatever you need is probably out there. But realistically, if everybody follows these social distancing guidelines, we wouldn't be in this situation. It wouldn't keep going on this badly. I think that if you've got it, you should be monitored. You shouldn't be out. Two truths, one lie. Okay, so I'm going to give you my three. I tried to keep them as far away from everything we talked about because I knew you were going to talk about my career or stuff at school. 
So I went with different kinds of school, AKA before here. So first one, with no acting experience, I played Tiny Tim in a school play of the Christmas Carol in primary school. Okay. Uh, number two, I won an award for barrel racing while in university on my first try. And number three, I had a mullet in high school. But what's um, barrel racing? What is that? Barrel racing? Okay, so what it is, is, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> like horseback riding and all that fun stuff. Um, I dabbled a little bit. I didn't have any formal lessons or anything. But uh, so barrel racing is basically when you take a horse and it's like, it's a competition where they put three barrels on the field, field, stadium, sorry. I'm really good at words right now. And so you basically come out, you circle around with your horse as tightly as you can, and you cross in a clover pattern, and then you head out. And the whole point is without skipping any barrels, you're getting around them in the shortest amount of time possible, following that track, and then getting the heck out of there, and the person with the fastest time wins. Is that a common activity in Arizona? That's yeah, what yeah. I was going to ask. I was like, is, is that an Arizona thing? Because we don't have that. Yeah, we've never heard that not, not that I know of in New York. So we're real Western out there. It's kind of hick town of like, if you saw me on weekends <laughs> back home, I like to fly fish. I like to hunt. I love camping. So like, I, I saw you with that. like a rope, right? What was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's roping. Uh, that's actually another competition you could do. Never in my life have I ever competed in that. Uh, but my friends do. Actually, people that I've ridden horses with before, what they do is they literally go out there and you rope and you have like someone who's at the front and someone who's in the back. There's like a head and tail. I don't know all the terms for that. But they get out there and like you let calves out and the calves are all like protected. So, like you hook essentially, um, I, I don't know if it's their front legs and their back legs or if it's just their like their horns and their back legs, but they basically rope them from horseback and then get down and you can like tie yes. them. Yes, we went to Arizona and then we had that tour. Our tour guide does that. Professional, what is, I don't even know the Roper. name. They're literally called ropers, but like barrel yeah. racing, roping, rodeos, things like that. So like these particular competitions, they take place, um, at least the only one that I've been in is at, uh, in Scottsdale. It's called Westworld of Scottsdale. It's really, really popular for a lot of horse shows. So there's like Arabian horse show that they do every year. And it's like a four day event or something like that. Wow. And people come and you pay a lot of money to go unless you find like a group one, but they just have stuff going on everywhere. You said you won yeah. a competition. Uh, not one, placed. You play, what did you place? <laughs> I didn't win, third. You placed it was third. Uh -huh. Thing. It was pretty cool. I, I, the fact that I have absolutely no training at this whatsoever, whatsoever, it's really more of the horse that did all the work, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was a joke. You peaches. Fun, fun tip. Let the horse Must be the true. Way. Number two, I think is true. And what is the first one? Oh, I forgot we're playing two jokes in a line. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim, right? Yeah, with no acting experience, I played Tiny Tim in a school play at the, of the Christmas Carol in primary school. How did that go? Very well. I was the star of the show. I was this tiny little guy and uh, it is a little boy, but I looked like a little boy as a little girl. So it worked out really well for casting. I think I only had one line. So it's fine. Like, it's a Merry Christmas to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the end. That's the end of the yeah. show, right? Yep. And it's Tiny Tim. I think I'm on like little crutches or something. I walk out there, say that, and everyone's <laughs> and they clap, and then that's it. <laughs> I, th I believe cool. for me, I think the, the mullet is so believable. I think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was true. I don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely. What is the story behind that? Race jeans. There's uh, we're seeing kids not a thing in New York. I feel like that's a big thing in New York too. I'm an emo kid, non-conforming as can be. You'd be not and nothing. We did that, but we never had like a mullet going on. <laughs> it's like literally straight up. That's what it is. You cut all the top part of your hair. It just goes poof. So you look, you look like Billy Ray Cyrus. Pretty much. Yeah. My friend, uh, my family <laughs> called me a peacock. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards number three. As being the lie? 
I don't know. I I believe it. I really believe that. <laughs> I, I actually I believe it so much that I want to see the picture. That <laughs> wasn't and part of the gig. I kind of think number one is the lie. I don't know why, but um, number two and number three seems believable to me. I think it's number one. I don't know. Final answer. <laughs> what do you think, James? Um, I'm leaning towards three or two. All right. So. Um, Annie, you think number one, James, you think two or three? Uh, yeah, I think we'll go with three. Okay. All right. I'm going two then. Let's number see two? who, who got it right. I have to check the order again. So it's actually number two. I've never barrel oh, written. No. Yeah. But, so I do love horses. My friends have been teaching me how to horseback ride. So like if you go on my Instagram, uh, horse. Peaches is real. Um, Peaches, I think is also a quarter horse. And I have rode peaches, and actually, it was to chase cattle. I don't know if you can see this or not. Um, wow. I wow. Because I never had any training, and I just started galloping, and I'm like, what is happening? And peaches really did do all of the work. So cool. So pretty cool. Um, yeah, shout out to peaches. Can, peaches can we see the mullet? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to show the mullet. I'm telling you, I knew the mullet was true. There's no way. Look at me and you're like, uh, I was actually so relieved you guys asked me so many questions about the second one and then I googled the crud at a barrel racing before this to make sure I knew the rules. Oh, wow. So prepared. I've never played this before, so I was really anxious. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, got it. So uh, keep in mind, just to give you, if we paint a picture here, I'm wearing a Paramore shirt. I have, uh, I never. I love Paramore. Uh, me too, dude. I cut my hair like her once too. That was really bad. But um, I had a necklace that was made of beads for my friends who did raves. I did not, but like they would make me stuff. We have wow. a single red highlight inside of my hair. It's a little extension and a single purple one because I wasn't allowed to dye my hair yet, but my parents let me out like this. Gray skinny jeans, white studded belt from Hot Topic. Ooh. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is awesome. Nice. It kind of reminds me of DJ Tanner. Oh, oh no! You know right. Remember when they had like yes. Everywhere you look. <laughs> we uh, on Instagram like we've been doing those fitness challenges. So it's like started out with ten push-ups, then went to fifty push-ups, and it was. I've perfect. seen that. I saw a post where you were just like, "Our friendship is on thin ice." Yep. <laughs> so uh, lovely D. She's a second-year medical student here at our university, and she challenged me. Uh, to do so many of these, it's not even funny. A, a friend named Talha had me put on a t-shirt while in a handstand, which like celebrities have been doing. That was actually really fun. Um, but one of my friends from back home, his name is Christian. He did this um, show us your tunes or something or show us your jams where you had to sing or play an instrument. I don't have an instrument. So yeah, we've, we've thoroughly embarrassed ourselves this month. That's the only singing you'll ever get me to do. I totally forgot. One of the things I love the most about your YouTube channel you were talking about the culture shock when you first mm -hmm. got there, the first two weeks or so, or the first month. In the U.S., very normal to be out in the streets and saying, hey, how are you? Smile at people. But yeah. people in Poland, they don't have that social habit. You talk about assimilating and also getting used to stuff. Is there any other things that you want to share uh, oh, about living in Poland? Oh, there's so many. I don't even know where to start. Uh, how do I give you some highlights? I think that honestly, I just want to throw this out there one more time because I think it's important and we need to somehow convert them back in the States. But the windows are the coolest part. Almost every window, I'm going to do this. It, uh, if you, so the handle is three directions, right? If it's down, it's locked. If it's to the side, it opens like a door. 
And if it's up, it tilts out so that the top part is open. But like, if it starts raining, it's not raining in your house. It's pretty Ooh. cool. This window, if I pull this, I'll knock all my plants off. <laughs> <laughs> you can literally open that top. Oh, cool. Wow. It's not too bad. I got, I got to call Corliss after this and be like, hey, how come we're not doing this with the windows over here? Honestly, I'm amazed that it doesn't happen. I'm actually, that's probably the most irritating thing. And maybe it's just because I am. I was so ethnocentric before coming here. Uh, all I knew was the United States and Arizona and how it works. But like, it amazes me that we're not all on the metric system. Like, why did I have to convert from Fahrenheit to Celsius? Like, why? what are these tiny, stupid differences? And do we not communicate? Because there's some really cool stuff here that I feel like we are so behind in the States and vice versa. Like, I'm telling you right now, Poland, I absolutely love it. I would never trade this experience for the world ever. And I'm so excited to see how much I grow as a result of this by the end of my four years, right? That whole piece on like walking on the street and talking to people and like them not really wanting to talk to you as a stranger, absolutely holds true. I still stand behind it. I'd say like 80% of people want nothing to do with you because you don't, you don't matter, right? And if I say, hey, how are you? what's the likelihood that you actually care? Or is that the superficial thing of like, oh my gosh, how are you? We have to get together soon, let's grab coffee. And then you really didn't mean it and you go out and it was fake, right? But if you ask for help, this is the trick, they will respond every time. If you need them and you ask for something, they're there. If you can start that conversation and you're genuine and you actually build this connection, there's no warmer person in the world. They just, I think they just don't believe in the crap of like, if you don't mean it, don't say it. Don't pretend like that. It, there's just no, I don't know. Like that's kind of no, like New York, actually. Yeah, actually, honestly, it kind of reminds me of it. But it's it's just it's very interesting. And I had more culture shock coming back. This you probably enjoy this, but when I came back for Christmas to Arizona, I flew directly to um, L.A. and I was so overwhelmed because trying one, to open the windows the wrong way. Yeah. yeah also that. It's <laughs> 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 that quite a bit, and everyone thinks I'm crazy because it's not cold, and I'm like in shorts and they're like it's 60 degrees outside I'm like it's so nice but um hearing people speak English and being able to understand all the side conversations was really stimulating for me and really really overwhelming um I just like from an auditory perspective I was like there's too much going on and I'm hearing all of it and I don't like it I'm used to hearing things I can't understand it was really nice and then people just start talking to you and I started to think it was weird so I'm like walking through the airport and this guy's like, hey there, darling, yeah, I hope you have a great day. And I was like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, oh no, I'm becoming one of them. <laughs> that happens. But I do have to say there are some other things, right? Here, every elevator, and maybe this is in New York, but in Arizona, we don't have a lot of this. But like an escalator, sorry, not an elevator, but it's just running and it's running so slow, you don't even know it's on. You walk up and there's a sensor and it picks up the second you step on it and it speeds up. And when you get off and no one's on it, it slows back down. So like energy oh. conservation, that is sick. Yeah. Another yeah. thing, and this is probably the only other thing I can think of that is just so stinking cool. But like, um, I went to one of the shopping malls once with my Polish friend. Her name is Olga. She's amazing. Uh, you'll have to meet her at some point in time. You would like her. But anyways, she uh, took me in her car, which is not a normal thing. I'm walking or biking everywhere, right? So I'm in the car. We drove to a mall to pick up some stuff in my new apartment. And you go into the parking garage, and it tells you not only how many parking spaces are available in Tegan, which I've seen that. That's oh, fine. that is so cool. Every single lane up top has a green or a red light. So you can look down an aisle and be like, there's a spot. That is so wow. cool. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you, know, I'm you, gotta, you gotta bring some of those ideas back. You know, when you get back to the States, that's what you gotta do. 
that's what I should do. Honestly, I should start like a diary of like really cool things that Poland does and be like, we need to, we need to take this. Like we need to do more of this. How do we improve collaboration with Poland? I mentioned this before and like, this is a really nice, soft, heartfelt way to end this, but everything I do is as a result of blessings I've received, whether those are connections or opportunities or gifts legitimately, like speaking, breathing, moving, right? All of that. But everything I'm doing is to help people and to eventually be the best physician that I can be, right? And so whether that's getting involved in research or if that's getting involved in things like AMSO where I get to actually like have this widespread reach or um, that's learning about different cultures and different languages and expectations and gaps in different areas, right? That's all gonna make me a more well-rounded physician and a well-rounded healer. And hopefully it's gonna make me more effective in my career. I would encourage anybody who wants to have a career where you touch a lot of people or you manage people to try and get to another culture and actually immerse yourself for a little bit. And I know that that's not the most realistic expectation for anybody, but like, I can't tell you how many people told me that being a foreign medical graduate or an international student was a stupid idea and it's going to make residency so much harder. I don't even care because I look at this and I'm like, this is making me the physician that I need to be. Not, not the easiest route. Don't get me wrong. But in the end, like this is going to maximize what my reach is. And like, that's, that's what it's all about. You know what's crazy, James? I just noticed this. When we went to Winardi's wedding in Indonesia, Bali last year. Um, and you didn't it, take me through. <laughs> crazy. Well, it's before we met you. So maybe, maybe the next one. I'll let you know the next interview. <laughs> so um, at his wedding, and it's a destination wedding, you had physicians. And he, he went to medical school in, in Poland mm -hmm. as well. He had so many people coming from Poland, from Japan, from the United States. And it was just so awesome to see everyone come together like that. I'm Assyrian and Polish, right? But you didn't get to see a whole lot of my Polish culture when you interacted with me. But being here, I mean, we have students, we have a huge Taiwanese group. We have a huge group from Nor uh, of Norwegian students, of Canadians, more Canadians than I ever thought I'd meet. I have people, my closest friends now are Muslim and I've learned more about the religion of Islam than I have in my entire life, right? I've lived a very sheltered, ethnocentric lifestyle, not knowing Mauritian. Like I didn't know Mauritius was a place. Like there's <laughs> things that I'm figuring out here that are amazing. Someone from Good South old United States education system at, at work right there. <laughs> What's funny is they had us memorize. I literally learned every single country in all of Europe and all these other continents. I purged it. So I don't know if I can even blame them or if I blame myself. We're fixing it, so it's all that matters. If you want to, you guys want to check out more from Shammy. She's on Hey Shammy Shammy <laughs> on Instagram and Shammy Benjamin on YouTube. She answers every single DM unless they're creepy. If you're creepy, yes. don't even try it. Anything else you wanna you wanna plug or, or shout out, Shammy? Not really. I just want to say, um, if you're out there and you listen to this and you're struggling right now, to have as positive of an outlook as you can. Um, if you have any questions or you just need someone to reach out to, feel free to reach out again just don't be creepy but we're all in this together and uh, that's it that's it be positive be happy and be there for your neighbors thank you. it's been a great episode shammy okay. thank you again thank you so much for coming thank on thank you so much and don't forget to stay ridiculous it's the jeff and Annie and james ridiculous show Awesome.